0: Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast, bringing you juicy combos with thought leaders discussing the wild world of parenting.
1: It's really simple to treat acne from an interior perspective. And in Western medicine, they don't ever talk about what you're eating in your body to create this yuckiness from the inside that's just trying to vent out through your pores. The easiest thing to do is to incorporate a supplement called Oregon Grape, and it helps just cleanse the liver. And the more you can kind of move some of this stuff out of your system, the better your skin is.
2: That clip is from our guest of the show today, Angela Sinnott, who is the founder of Magnolia Wellness down in Orange County. And she's our guest today on the Elevate the Vibe podcast. I'm your host, Jason Berlin, and here is my lovely co host, Katie Berlin, that I'm going to throw to right now.
0: What up, Vibe Hive? It is 10 p.m. on Monday evening, June 15th, and we are thriving in quarantine still.
2: Yes, we are. A lot of businesses have started opening. You can actually sit down at some of the restaurants, I believe, although we have not braved the rough terrain yet.
0: But we did brave the beach three days last week. Now, just this past weekend, beaches in LA will allow you to be out there with uh, a couple different members of your family or your little crew and you can. Set up with a towel or umbrella. But earlier in the week, that was not the case. So we took our little babe over to the beach to let him play in the sand. You're not really supposed to have a setup. So you can just kind of stand around. So of course, you know, that keeps our time limited. Plus, we like to eat. So we want to get back for lunch before nap time. But just being out and seeing other people, seeing some action, seeing some vivaciousness was very refreshing.
2: It was awesome until our little boy who has been in the habit of throwing things chucked a seashell right at a little girl's eye. He was about six, seven inches away. And I think Katie and I here both kind of had a <gasps> moment. Uh.
0: Yeah, that was our cue to leave.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were like, maybe we should stay a little longer. And then it was like, like oh, God. <laughs> Get out of here before yeah, it gets back. Yeah, so bad.
0: our little one is in the phase of throwing just different objects. Uh, we have a fountain in our backyard, and he loves to throw the rocks that are in the fountain, which is okay in theory, but the back of our house has a lot of glass. And uh, if those rocks come flying anywhere near our home, we are in for some like serious trouble.
2: They're heavy rocks, too. They're probably like a pound each. I don't know. Three pounds, six, ten. No. I think they're
0: like 74 pounds each. 74 yeah. pounds. Yeah, our, our little yeah. tiny two-year-old yeah. is throwing a 74-pound <laughs> He's pound pretty rock.
2: buff. He throws a wicked fastball now. He was on this sidearm kick, but now he's on the overarm kick, and uh, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, so if any other parents out there have advice for us on how to stop the uh, rock-throwing phenomenon, just please let us know. We try not to give it too much attention and just let them know, like, hey, the rocks are for the fountain, But uh, when we saw that it parlayed into a seashell near a little, uh, you know, another little child's face, we're like, okay, like this can't continue.
2: It was uh, a life flashing before our eyes for sure. (laughs) So why don't you tell the audience a little something about today's guest show?
0: So today we have Angela Sinnott, founder of Magnolia Wellness, as our guest of the show. Angela spent over a decade as an energetic healer, acupuncturist and herbalist in 2018 she had founded magnolia wellness which is located in orange county california to create a space where dynamic healers could provide progressive services and host uplifting events for the community angela has expanded her practice into a holistic healing collective focused on acupuncture herbal alchemy fertility specialties energy medicine conscious retreats and workshops, and is now offering telemedicine appointments. Let's welcome Angela to the show.
2: Well, hello. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah.
1: Hello. So happy to be here. Thank you.
2: Can you introduce yourself to the Vibe Hive audience, please?
1: Hello. My name is Angela Sinnott. I am the founder of Magnolia Wellness and the mama of three beautiful girls.
2: Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Can you kind of give us a little history, a little background, where you're from, what kind of led you on the path that you're on today?
1: Yes. So I started out straight out of college in pharmaceutical sales. I worked for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. So I had this really beautiful introduction to Western medicine and learned a lot about um, health from a Western perspective. Pfizer spends a tremendous amount of money in training their employees. So I I felt very gifted to be able to just have a firsthand experience so early on. And I also was really stressed by that job and found myself having a lot of digestive issues. And so I would go see an acupuncturist to try to figure out exactly what was going on with me and why I was turning gray. And in doing so, I found acupuncture uh, down in San Diego at a school called Pacific College of Oriental Medicine. So when I started going there, I had just graduated, was obviously working for a fantastic company, thought I was doing everything right because I had a big paycheck, (laughs) my own car and an expense account that very little could compare to, but I was miserable. And so what I like to call my quarter life crisis is when I kind of blew up my life and I called off a wedding about six weeks before I was supposed to get married. And the only thing that stuck in my head was acupuncture school, because at that point, I really had nothing to lose. And so I thought, okay, I'll go back to school and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I never looked back. It was one of those things where I felt like I was really guided. So was really lucky. So you ended up
0: going to Emperor's college, but the school that you referenced in San Diego, that's a very well-known school for acupuncture as well, isn't it?
1: It is. Yes. So when I was engaged to be married, I had left Pfizer and moved up to Los Angeles to be closer to my fiance because that's where he was. And when we moved in together and I figured out that I could not commit the rest of my life to this man, yeah. at that point, I decided, okay, I will really just kind of follow this divine guidance because there, there was nothing else in my head at that point. And. Four years at that point was no big deal because I literally had no future in front of me. So it was really it was really this opening that I I was really blessed. Yeah. And thank God I didn't marry that guy.
0: Well, I also just knowing that about your story, like what a calling to the medicine that it was such a strong facet of what was guiding your future that you were willing to walk away from a relationship that didn't serve you towards a medicine that you knew could help heal you and you saw it heal you. So you mentioned you were like turning gray. I want to hear a little bit about how your treatments progressed and when you realized like this is a profound healing aspect and it's something I want to pursue.
1: It's such a great question because I think early on in my career, when I was really trying to do everything I was supposed to do and you know, I'd i gone to business school and I was pursuing the corner office window. I wanted it all. And my parents were so me when I left Pfizer. They really were, you know, what were you thinking? You're crazy. But at that point, I had this really strong intuition and I wasn't listening and I would get sick a lot. And so I started developing all of these really big problems with food allergies and digestion issues. And As I started to kind of pick up on the coincidence, I was like, okay, if I'm not listening, I'm gonna get sick. So I started listening and thankfully, intuition started coming through. And then when I went to acupuncture school, you meet all of these amazing people who are on this journey and you really have to heal yourself first before you can take care of anybody else. And so the mentors at acupuncture school are pretty profound. In fact, I remember my very first treatment from the founder of Emperor's College and he put one needle in my stomach and that was the entire treatment. And he released something so deep in me that I just started sobbing. And so that was really profound for me that one single needle could make such a significant impact. And knowing that I held so much emotion and stress in my digestion, it was like he opened the floodgates. And from there, I was fascinated. I was hooked. And it just got better and better. I mean, you meet so many people from so many different facets of life. Yeah,
0: I mean, and for anyone who's maybe unfamiliar with acupuncture schools in the United States, Emperors is kind of toggles between the top spot with one other school. So to be able to have the founder provide that treatment and your response really speaks to the ancient wisdom of the medicine as well and how that person knew just from meeting you and having conversations with you and sort of assessing your scenario, exactly what could be done in the least invasive way to give you an incredible result.
1: Yes, it was pretty amazing. I mean, I could study this medicine for my entire life and still feel like I'm a beginner. That's amazing.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about the services that you offer in your office and when a patient first comes in through the door, what they can expect. Because you have a, a piece of the um, sort of diagnosis puzzle that I haven't heard a lot of people mention as part of their uh, plan for diagnosing, which is the AcuGraph. Mm-hmm. So I sort of want you to talk about what that looks like from a patient's perspective.
1: I love being able to translate the medicine and I think that's one of the things that um, I'm gifted with because I am literally like a white girl in an old like Chinese man's body. And so <laughs> I can easily... Wait a
2: minute, wait, wait wait isn't it the other way around?
1: It, it might be, but <laughs> wait, it's like a a Chinese man in a white girl's body? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is the other way around. I find that this medicine is really difficult to translate in a way that speaks to people. And so when you're able to start explaining it and put it in pictograph form, like you can with AcuGraph, you lay out exactly what's going on in anybody's system. It's showing you where the meridians are flowing in your body. It's showing you where you're blocked. It's almost like a garden hose. If it's kinked, you can't get the water through. And so In this particular opportunity to work with AcuGraph, I found it really a beautiful way to translate what we as Chinese medicine practitioners do when we look at someone's tongue and feel their pulse. So a lot of traditional Chinese practitioners don't spend the time explaining to patients. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about being the white girl in the medicine is that I love for people to understand what their bodies are communicating to me so that they understand why it's so important for them to essentially trust in the process and realize that this is a beautiful medicine that will help heal their bodies.
0: So what does the graph process look like for someone?
1: I wish I had it here to demonstrate for you because it's so cool. Um, we have a little wand that uses an electrical current. You don't feel anything other than a Q-tip. It's actually touched to the vortex points. And most of the vortex points, which are essentially the strong points on the meridian, they're an average. So if we're measuring, say, the liver meridian, if I touch a point on the liver meridian that indicates how much energy is running through the liver meridian, it's going to give me that average in your body. So by touching these points, and they're all along the wrist or the feet, then it gives me an idea of where you're imbalanced. If your spleen and your liver and your heart are out of balance, I know that you're struggling with sleep. I know that there could be some potential anxiety and that you're probably a little hormone imbalanced and that there's a component between all three of these that are essentially feeding each other. So it's my job to go in and open up those floodgates and get the energy flowing smoothly.
0: So in addition to the AcuGraph, you mentioned looking at the tongue and also checking pulses. So for anybody who has never been to a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, what is that experience like for a patient?
1: I think people expect it at this point. And I I often find they're a little hesitant to, to show me their tongue or they're apologizing for the coffee that they just drank so that I can <laughs> see the brown coat. But for the most part, if I'm explaining what I'm seeing and people understand that my tongue is not perfect either, and I can actually show them my process, then they appreciate how accurate the diagnosis is and are actually kind of blown away like wait I'm sorry how did you know all that just by looking at my tongue or feeling my pulse yeah so
2: so you literally like take do you have like a tweezer or do you have like a like a glove and you're like are you like or can you just like you got this monocle that you're just like what
1: (laughs) I just have you flash me your tongue you stick your tongue out and I can tell you exactly what's going on in your (laughs) <laughs> I need good lighting, though. That's the only part. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> Jason's going to do a tongue diagnosis uh, no, right no, now. A, no, it's it's a... do it. So stick your, stick your tongue out and get it close to the camera.
1: Right now, oh, your digestion you know. is a little bit damp. So I think you've been eating some dairy or maybe drinking... Um, some <laughs> cheese. Yeah. So your digestion slightly impaired. And you can see that based upon the mid-coating, kind of that yellowish-whitish coating in the center. So that just tells us that it's a little bit stagnant. There is a little bit of a tongue crack down the middle, so that's like your internal nourishment and the yin deficiency, and then you're slightly pale so that your body isn't necessarily absorbing the nutrients as much as it is. Um, It's not quite as purple as I would expect during this time because so many people are really stressed right now. Yours is actually doing pretty good from that standpoint. I would recommend you getting a little bit more um, iron-rich food into your body. So some green vegetables, maybe some blood nourishers like organic red meat, um, organic bison, that kind of thing that's really good to help build your blood because you're, you're slightly deficient right now as far as the nourishment that your body is absorbing.
2: Damn. Well, thank you. You're
1: so welcome. <laughs> yeah. Jason has been
0: called a human Xanax before. Wait, so, what? Uh, Wait,
2: what does that mean? Because you're so
1: calming. So oh, the yeah, fact yeah. that
0: his tongue isn't purple from anxiety right now does yeah. make sense. It yeah.
1: does. Yeah. yeah, you might be one of the few tongues that aren't purple at this time. So mm. well done. You're enjoying all of the home time. Yes. That's time. That's <laughs> awesome.
0: Now, talking about the imbalances in the different organs, and you mentioned a couple facets here. I know with traditional Chinese medicine, there's also the five flavors that relate to the five organs. And maybe if you have certain cravings or if you maybe have children that have certain cravings, what that could mean and what that leads to. So can you explain in detail a little bit more about that?
1: So the five flavors speak to different organ systems. In Chinese medicine, there's something called the five elements. And each element has a different organ, a different taste, a different smell, a different essential season that it associates with. And this correlates to Western medicine. I think that if we were to speak to the spleen, if you're an analyzer and you're someone who is on the hamster wheel a lot, then it depletes your spleen reading. In Chinese medicine, that's essentially your digestion. And one of the flavors of the spleen is kind of this sweet flavor. And so it's really, it's an indication of kind of what your body's craving, but it's also a really good way to look at how we can eat and food is medicine and how it nourishes our souls um, and our, our bodies. I think it's really because so many people come in and like, I've got really bad anxiety and I don't know what to do this. Well, first of all, we have to really nourish you from the inside. And if you're worrying, we need to nourish that spleen. And so they're craving sweets and they're not understanding the correlation between all of it. If we were to look at the kidney, this is more a water element. It's a reflection of your teeth and your hair and your bones. It's more salty. So you crave salt. In Chinese medicine, if your kidneys are tapped, you're tired, you're weak. In Western medicine, it also translates to minerals. So oftentimes I'll have people who come in with leg cramps. And they're craving potato chips and they're on Lipitor or some sort of prescription medication that will tap their minerals. And so if we can both feed the kidneys from a Chinese medicine perspective, give them foods that nourish the kidneys like seaweed, black beans, walnuts, these things always nourish from the inside. And then you can give them a mineral supplement so that it, it approaches both a Western and an Eastern perspective, as well as you know the internal flavor or the internal craving.
0: And then there's the idea also that maybe within your diet, you should be able to incorporate all of the five different flavors so that you stay balanced. So the five flavors there, bitter, sour, sweet, spicy, and salty.
1: Yes, so I find that a lot of people struggle with the bitter because obviously it doesn't taste so good. The pungent and the bitter are the two most difficult to get in and those two really, really help with the liver. Your liver affects your metabolism. It affects your stress level. It affects the way you absorb emotions. It affects your period as a woman. So if you can incorporate bitter stuff like dandelion greens or escarole, I always like to incorporate dandelion tea or if people don't like to eat bitter foods, then we'll supplement with burdock root or Oregon grape. Those are two fantastic ones that help kind of provide the bitter without having to taste the yucky flavor. Would black coffee be considered bitter? That's more of a heart meridian. So that speaks a little bit more to the fire of the heart. So that's why some people do really well with coffee and other people not so much. Ah.
2: So are there cookbooks, recipes, things you can find online that kind of encompass all five of those uh, elements?
1: I really love a book called Healing with Whole Foods. I think. One of the best Chinese medicine explanations on the five flavors, on recipes. It goes into detail and talks a lot about if you're experiencing lung issues, eat garlic. If you're experiencing um, nodule thyroid, eat seaweed. So it gives a very specific one. And um, I, I like these recommendations because I think that we can eat a lot like the Eastern population does where they literally eat to heal. So traditionally, they'll make soups to heal.
0: And then what about for children? Is there a certain age where if you wanted to incorporate a combination of those foods into their diet, is there an age range where at this age, it's not quite appropriate yet, but then when they're at this age and older, it's fine?
1: I think you can start from the minute they start eating solid foods. Because if mom's already eating like that, and she's breastfeeding, then they're getting some of that through breast milk. I would say somewhere in between the six month to year time frame, starting with orange vegetables, making sure you move through the scale. So it's orange to yellow, then green, and then introducing the five flavors. And then you can introduce spices and herbs to make it a little bit more aromatic or pungent.
0: Yeah, I mean, different cultures definitely have different ways of eating. Like if you think of Indian food or even like Thai food, they're incorporating a lot of those spices from the start very beginning and then you mentioned another aspect aside from the tongue are the pulses Mm -hmm. and I want to talk about the pulses they're so fascinating to me because they really tell a story and it's most of us struggle just to find like the pulse on our neck and count you know beats per minute if we're working out to say like am I in the right range but I know that through the wrist, you can tell an entire story of someone's health, just like the tongue through the pulses. And when I was expecting with my first little babe, who is now almost two, I actually was with a friend at, uh, at her one of her classes for traditional Chinese medicine. She was going to acupuncture school and I went in with her and uh, nobody knew what the sex of my baby was but they all felt my pulse and they could all tell me accurately what the sex of the baby was. They did. Yeah. 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 It's really remarkable. Yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit because some people might think like, how can you tell? But I was like, wow, this is pretty impressive. They all knew without me saying anything.
1: And did you know the sex of the baby at that time? I did. I was pretty far along. Yeah. So with the pulses, you have nine pulse points on each wrist. And the point that's closest to the wrist crease is the upper body, kind of the chest and neck and shoulder area. The middle point, they call the middle jowl. So that's the digestion. And then the last pulse is the lower body organs and the torso, like the kidneys, the urinary bladder, the intestines. And if you're feeling for a pregnancy pulse, you're determining which side based upon masculine and feminine, left being masculine, right being feminine, and you're feeling in for that middle pulse. And there is a trick to it. And you can spend an entire lifetime studying pulse diagnosis because it is so so unbelievably minute in the little details that you're feeling for. But for you, you had a little boy and they're feeling into the second pulse at the middle depth on your left wrist to feel if it feels like pearls moving through a tube. You can almost describe it like a pearl trying to kind of pop up. And that is what's gonna say what, what specific sex you're having. That's amazing.
0: So for any like mamas out there that are expecting, and if you don't know what the sex of your baby is and maybe you don't want to wait to get that ultrasound appointment, like go see an acupuncturist and they can maybe tap into that. So cool. So I know that in your practice, you do offer pediatric acupuncture as well. And the age range scope for that is from even when a child is born to early teenage years, preteen, about 12 years old, So let's say that a parent wants to bring their child in for an appointment. If the child cannot communicate yet, or maybe is like toddler age and really wiggly and really doesn't have a comprehension of what's going on, what is that experience like?
1: The little ones are the easiest because they don't really even notice it. And I think they never had an experience to be afraid because they've been coddled and loved and taken care of. So I love working with all ages, but newborns up to, I would say, a year and a half are really easy because until they're crawling and moving and things become really active, we adjust. So newborn comes in, they're so little, they process so quickly, they need to retain the needles for like five seconds because their energy runs so quickly. One, because their bodies are little and two, because they're just so connected already. Then when kids start to move or they start to become a little bit afraid because they've had any number of experiences and they don't necessarily want a needle, then I'll introduce ear seeds or what we call press needles to them. Let them play with it. And they can apply a press seed so that they understand what the process is like, what to expect, And I make sure that they're super comfortable with it first. And I can send them home with the press needles or the ear seeds or if they want the um, regular acupuncture needles, then they hang out for probably five to 10 minutes and they're on their way. So it's pretty easy to keep them distracted because it's such a short time. Now, as the kids start to get older, the parent that brings them in will often be like, oh, come on, you can do this. And by about eight, the kids are like, oh yeah, yeah, like I'll show my mom I can do this. And so they'll ask for the acupuncture needles and will often just take them for 15 minutes and it gets longer, but as you're an adult, 20 minutes is the max. So we're gradually just kind of building it. The most important factor for a pediatric appointment is we want the kids to be comfortable. So we make sure that they know exactly what they're getting into.
0: And then with ear seeds and press needles, what is the difference for both of those for somebody that's maybe never experienced them?
1: So an ear seed is like a little bandaid that's got what's called a vicaria seed. So it's like a little pellet and it's smaller than I would say, maybe like the tip of a pencil. And when applied, it presses on an acupressure or acupuncture point to stimulate that point. The pressed needle is a round circular Band-Aid, similar to what you would get after a shot, but it's only a one millimeter needle. So it's so thin and it's so short that most times kids don't even feel it. And you could just put the little Band-Aid on. And as you know, most kids love Band-Aids, so they don't mind it at all.
2: Yeah. Kind of wild with the ear seeds. I went to renew my medical card a while back and the person there who was uh, evaluating me was like, have you ever tried ear seeds? I was like, what are you even talking about? And she's like, well, you said you've tried all sorts of modalities before you came to get your card, right? And I was like, yeah, of course I did. And she was like, well, here, try this. So she put it on my ear. Uh, right in a spot, like right around here, or so and completely was able to debilitate me <laughs> and just like pull me down. And it was like the most intense, sharp, like feeling I've ever had. And I was like, what is this? Like, it was Brilliant. It was wild. Like, I'd love to try that again in a more relaxed setting where I knew it was coming. <laughs> I was like kind of <laughs> startled because all of a sudden, like, I couldn't move nothing. It was really crazy.
1: That point's called Ear Shen Men, and it resets the nervous system. So it's like flipping a switch to calm you down and take you out of that stress mode. So that's a mm. phenomenal point to really... help calm the body
2: it definitely put me on a different level for sure
1: (laughs) that's awesome so
0: with the pediatric patients that you see i'm sure that there's a wide variety of reasons that parents would bring children in but what are some of the more common themes that you see around appointments
1: A lot of parents bring in their newborns and really youngins to build their immune system before they can take supplements because they want to make sure that they're strong and not getting sick through cold and flu season. As the kids age, there's different things that people come in. I've had everything from anxiety to bedwetting to hormones as tweens start to change into teens. In fact, I did that for my daughter this morning. She got her acupuncture this morning. So it was really kind of a great tool to have on hand at home.
0: Now, if, There are parents that are interested in the medicine and want to try different options. What are some of those at home acupressure points that could be used?
1: That's a great question. There's some really big multitaskers that I like to mention often. If you take your fingers and you do the width, so four finger breaths or four finger widths from the outside of your knee, the outside hole of your knee, and you go down the outside of your shin bone, about three, three and a half inches. Start to go down your shin bone on the outside and feel a sensitive spot around that area. Point's called stomach 36. That is the number one spot to build immunity on the entire body. It's also a fantastic calming point that will help kind of bring the energy down. The other points, if your kids have anxiety, then the point on the inside of the wrist, most people know this is the seasick point. This is also really big nausea. The bottom of the feet there is a big point called kidney one. You put essential oil on the bottom of that, put put socks on them, open a, a window or and get really cold at night. Uh will stop your kids coughing almost immediately. Wow.
2: That's amazing.
1: Now,
0: I have been in your office for treatments, but um, I haven't had this treatment in particular, but. There's something called esoteric acupuncture that you offer. I was curious about the differences between your offering of esoteric acupuncture versus just a regular acupuncture appointment. Because in my mind, I think that acupuncture as a whole, the whole medicine is sort of like an esoteric practice. So I'd love to know the differences.
1: That's a really good question. acupuncture it's working with sacred geometry on the body so it's opening up all of the chakras it's rebalancing everything uh, regardless of essentially what you're asking to be treated and we're talking about both the chakras on body and all the chakras off body and there's so much that we don't even see within our fields, so to speak that can be cleaned and repaired and just recalibrated to put the body back in balance on multiple, multiple levels. So working with sacred geometry, depending on your spiritual beliefs, it really helps you up level quite quickly. So
0: from more of a vanity aspect, so there's so many people that choose to have Botox or fillers or other procedures done for their face for vanity purpose. So not necessarily people that choose some injections, maybe if they're dealing with like a, a, an acute issue and their doctor recommends that for whatever reason. Yeah. But from a traditional Chinese medicine standpoint, when you have some of those treatments like Botox, when the Botox is freezing a series of muscles, that from my understanding doesn't actually help the rest of your body um process and utilize its energy meridians in a way that is healthy for you. And with ac- with facial acupuncture and maybe gua sha and some of the other like facial cupping, you really can almost receive similar benefits without that invasive aspect. So can you talk more about that and and what that
1: looks like? Sure. With acupuncture and gua sha, we're bringing circulation to the area. We're actually trying to bring blood flow to wake up the muscle to lift and tone. When you're doing Botox, you're paralyzing it because you're freezing it. And so your body is starting to shut down that muscle. So you can't frown or you can't wrinkle. And what we're doing with Chinese medicine to really try very hard is uplift tone, bring circulation and blood flow to the area. So your body creates its own filler. It creates its own hyaluronic acid and its own sort of wrinkle replenishment. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, your skin looks amazing. So like whatever you're yeah, doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> at 42, I really appreciate that. No, I mean, like you're, you're absolutely glowing. So So it's it's like, like,
0: okay, well, whatever herbs and whatever, uh, sign me up. Yeah. We're like, (laughs) give us those secrets. It's, it's so apparent though. So, so many acupuncturists, if you do visit their office, something I've noticed is that they all really do have great skin and I don't think it's just a coincidence
1: So much of it is what we put inside of our body. If we're eating really good, nutrient-rich whole foods, then we're getting that nourishment. It's building our collagen. We have the anti-aging ability. And then we have the benefit of doing acupuncture frequently. So oftentimes, I'll put needles on my face. I'll do gouache on my face. But I use a ton of hacks. So straight out of the shower, I'm slathering my skin in coconut oil, and I'm using a few techniques to really bring blood flow and lift and um, increase circulation to the area. I'll apply my serums at night with my gua sha tool and try to kind of break up some of the wrinkles. So little things, I think, make a really big difference. I use a ton of oil. I use a lot of um, natural products, but I also get regular facials. It's kind of my, like, decadent gift to myself.
0: An aspect of this too so you sort of mentioned it where you said that you were helping your daughter with this but what about teens that maybe are experiencing the beginning of acne or severe acne and maybe they're not really sure where to turn and so many people feel like their only option maybe either harsh topical creams or something even more severe like Accutane so how can the start of acupuncture when you begin to notice this help regulate and or deregulate those flare ups on young skin
1: i'm so excited you're asking about this because it's one of the things i'm super passionate about and i'm actually going to um, launch an herbal formula specifically for this it's really really simple to treat acne from an interior perspective and In Western medicine, when you go to the dermatologist and you say, I have acne, they'll give you something to apply topically or Accutane, but they don't ever talk about what you're eating in your body to create this phlegm or this mucus or these essential yuckiness from the inside that's just trying to vent out through your pores because your skin is your largest organ. It's just trying to detoxify your body. So it's so important to me to talk about diet because there is a huge correlation with acne and diet. You also have your hereditary factors. If you have acne prone skin because it runs in your family, maybe you have more oily skin. There's certain things that you can do from a Chinese medicine perspective, both internally and externally to move that. But the easiest thing to do is to incorporate a supplement called Oregon grape. And Oregon grape is really easy to find. They sell it at most health food stores and on Amazon, and it helps just cleanse the liver. And the more you can kind of move some of this stuff out of your system, the better your skin is. So that's one of the biggest tricks with Chinese medicine is the cleaner you keep your liver, the better your skin looks and the better your metabolism is, the easier it is to lose weight. I mean, overall, if you can keep your liver really clean, you have such a better chance of getting all organ systems in balance that much faster. I
0: mean, when I was young, just a little background, I struggled with acne it, I had pretty bad acne starting when I was about 11 years old and it just continued on, but I was so young and the majority of my peers were not struggling with it yet. And people would say to me like, why don't you just wash your face? And I mean, this is before you could just Google and all you really see are like Noxzema pad Stridex-pes. commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just think like, these are my options and my parents were there to help me and, took me to a dermatologist but they really were like okay here's a topical application for you and it didn't help but as a young person that also greatly affected my confidence as well because I'm like I'm so young and nobody else has this experience and people are like why don't you just wash your face and I'm like I do that's not I I didn't know I didn't have answers and I didn't know how to change it or help heal it and then of course as I got older I guess maybe hormone you know hormone changes and I had a pretty decent diet when I was young but just dietary changes I guess it began to level out on its own but I just remember from a young age really struggling like I wish I had an answer for this because the dermatologist said you're going to probably struggle with this until you're about 17 and being 11 years old hearing that i was crushed I was, I'm I was sure like,
1: devastated and at the time we didn't know any different right so my parents when i had acne they took me to a dermatologist i got the topicals but i also got the antibiotics and the antibiotics are what destroyed my gut flora and so that's part of why when i was working at pfizer you know 10 15 years later my stomach was the culprit for why I was turning gray because I needed to reheal my gut from all the damage that I had done with the antibiotics and medications growing up. And my parents didn't know any different. They were doing exactly what, what they thought was perfect at the time. And to be really honest with you, if I didn't know this medicine as well as I do now, I'm sure I would be doing the exact same thing because it's the widely publicized solution. And unfortunately it wreaks havoc on long-term bodies.
0: Yeah. I know it's a little bit off topic, but I would love for you to talk a little bit about what the proliferation of antibiotics does do to sort of break down. And I know many parents think like, well, if my child has a cold or if there's some sort of bacterial infection, I want to use antibiotics. But many times there are other solutions that you can implement that aren't as harsh. So can you explain a little bit about what antibiotics actually do to your gut health.
1: Yes. So when a pristine little baby is born, they have hundreds, if not of streams of healthy uh, bacteria in their body and all over their body. So we have all of these wonderful systems that function in absolute perfection. When we take antibiotics, it kills off a lot of that healthy bacteria And say, for instance, if we look at it like we're affecting 150 strains in the gut when we take an antibiotic dosage, you hope about three months time, those strains grow back. If those strains don't grow back because they were decimated with the antibiotics, then you have to either introduce new bacteria through probiotics and try to get those rooted in the gut, which most studies say that you can't root new bacteria. You can feed the innate gut bacteria that you have with prebiotic, but it's very, very difficult to reintroduce flora that is gone because as long as you take the supplement, once you stop it, it stops producing. So in general, if you can try really, really hard to avoid antibiotics, it is very beneficial for the body long-term. And that's why there's so many wonderful options out there. One, to prevent infection in the first place by boosting the immune system. Liposomal vitamin C is fantastic. Echinacea is wonderful. I think these are all things that are readily available. I even really like doing probiotics for kids at a young age um, in a powder form because 80% of the immune system is in the gut. And if you don't protect that immune system, then you start opening it up to the potential for overgrowth and what's called leaky gut syndrome. And so that's where the lining Of the intestine literally has a hole in it and when you eat a food and it's trying to be digested it will swim through that hole and the body starts to attack it as a foreign invader and that's at the point that you start developing food allergies so oftentimes kids will come in with a weak gut because maybe they were a c-section baby and they didn't get the flora through the vaginal canal as they were born maybe they were On antibiotics, when mom was taking antibiotics during the pregnancy, maybe it's just a hereditary factor. There's so many environmental factors that affect hormones and uh, bacteria now that it's really tough to pinpoint exactly why kids are developing allergies at such a young age these days. But the antibiotic usage definitely has an impact.
0: And as adults, and I mean, even as children, there are so many times where maybe we think like, okay, well, I need to go to the doctor because maybe I have a cold or there's an issue here when really you could head into your acupuncturist's office and they can help you get through that without the use of antibiotics or other medication.
1: Absolutely. And they offer herbs that you can give your kids because there's pediatric formulas And I also would like to point out chiropractic. If your kiddos have ear infections on a regular basis, see the chiropractor because that makes a huge difference for ear infections too. So there's just a lot of options. And that's the piece that is really important to know.
0: So if you could leave our audience with one key takeaway, what would you want to impart on them?
1: Hmm. I mean, there's so many key takeaways. Should we talk about from an herbal perspective? Should we talk about my parenting advice? Should we talk about... great book recommendation?
0: Well, we'll get to the resource, but I love the herbal and parenting.
1: Okay. So parenting. Um, I think the most important thing that we can do as parents is do our own inner child work because then we are doing the work for ourselves and we don't need to dictate or determine how our kids essentially move through this world because we're not triggered by their movement. We've done the work ourselves so we can let them be the neutral, glorious beings that they're born into this world to do. And we can listen to them with open ears, knowing that we don't really need to fix them. We don't really need to essentially change them. They're already perfect. We just get to love them and accompany them on this beautiful journey. Beautiful.
0: And if you want to leave an herbal takeaway as well.
1: So the herbal takeaway for me, um, I really love doing a few supplements on a regular basis because I don't know if you guys are the same way, but uh, my kiddos change their palate about every month. And so what they like one month, they won't like the next month. So I have some supplements on hand and I just change frequently. The stuff that I can get in them on a very consistent basis because it tastes good is a supplement called Child Life. Child Life is the manufacturer of a brand of vitamin C, um, something called Echinacea. So these are really great preventatives.
2: Very awesome.
0: And then a resource that you would recommend to the audience.
1: My favorite parenting book, I went through my parenting books, and I have a lot, but my absolute favorite that I wanted to share, this is an old school one, and it's called Parent Effectiveness Training, PET, and it's by Dr. Thomas Gordon.
2: How do your kids like that book? (laughs) I
1: think they like it a lot because it says how to talk so kids will listen to you. So it's really all about listening to them because by listening to them, they feel be. To do what we ask of them because they don't feel like we're shutting them down. It's a mutual relationship. I mean, they are,
0: they're human beings. They're just learning in this world. And, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's, it's not that we quote unquote know more than them. Yeah. You know, it's just that we're. I trying... definitely
2: don't know more than mine and no, it's not them I... too yet.
1: Right. <laughs> right. And we all feel this utter responsibility to, to guide our children and to make sure that they're respectful humans and to do all of these things. And I think sometimes we can always step back and just appreciate the little wins that we get every day with them because they are so beautiful and they are perfect and they just want to make us happy too. Mm-hmm.
0: And now we want to let the audience know where they can find you. Oh, and... I want you to talk a little bit about the future offering that you want to provide with telemedicine too.
1: Yes. So this quarantine time period, we built out telemedicine and Zoom conference calls. So we've been doing a lot of herbal consultations and having discussions just like we've had here today about what parents can do for their kids, how they can help with anxiety, Um, just putting food in their dinner that makes a huge difference for boosting their immune system. And we're offering that telemedicine now through magnoliawellnessoc.com. So that's our website where it's accessible. You can find us on Instagram at magnoliawellnessoc. And um, yeah, we're really excited about launching this new platform. Yeah, I so mean, awesome.
0: just the small snippet of you being able to look at Jason's tongue and give yeah. like a pretty comprehensive diagnosis. The amount of people that you'll be able to reach outside of the four walls of the office is really, is pretty cool.
1: I know, I was blown away by how easy it was to look at someone's tongue on a conference call.
2: And you didn't even have to deal with my coffee breath, nothing, it was
1: great, <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. None of it, it was <laughs> perfect, yeah. It's
0: been really fun. Very cool. Awesome, well thank you so much, Angela. We thank, appreciate, thank you the wisdom and knowledge that you imparted on us and our audience and now we know what Jason needs to do to help improve his
1: health
2: yeah there goes
1: the dairy yeah <laughs>
2: all gone get out of here yeah. all right well thanks very much
1: thank it you was so much speaking
2: with you you yes. too thanks Appreciate Angela.
0: It. bye
2: What up, Vibe Hive? If this podcast has brought you any value, please rate and review on your favorite listening platform. And if you're really feeling generous, share with a friend. Visit us at elevatethevibe.co for show notes on this episode and previous episodes. This podcast is intended to educate, entertain, and inspire. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions you may have. Thank you for helping us to elevate the vibe.